When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, start of the second period. Toronto and Tampa Bay tied 1-1. Midway through the second period, Boston leading Columbus 2-1. Six minutes left in the first. No score, Arizona and St. Louis. Starting in two hours, it is Calgary against Los Angeles. The basketball game tips off at, uh, what, about uh, 7.20 our time. North Carolina against Kansas. Tomorrow, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey on 630 Chad. The face-off show is at 7 after an hour of inside sports. Craig McTavish is going to join me tomorrow. Game at 8.30. Oilers and Sharks. San Jose not going to the playoffs. They're 29-31-8. and eight. They have some dangerous players, but having a tough season. They've lost their last three. For further discussion, I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports. I feel like I should have prepared something larger here. Maybe a musical intro, some sort of poem, or maybe I could have hired some musicians or a team of actors to do a skit or something. But anyway, it's a big deal. He's on the show. Sharks analyst Drew Amanda. Hey, Drew, how are you doing? Jesus, he said the bar way too high there, pal. Uh, I'm good, bud. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's nice to talk to you. I know we were trying to figure out a way to get you on the last time the yeah. Sharks were in town, but it didn't work out. But this is good to we speak. Can do it on the, we can do it on the 28th. I'll be back in town. So Yeah, we'll figure we something out. We'll figure something out. The second last game of the regular season for the Oilers. i got to be careful to stay regular season because I'm optimistic about playoffs at this point. First well, of all, yeah, first of all, how are you doing? I know we've we've talked before about uh, you kind of going back to San Jose, but this was uh, Sharks, Oilers, and San Jose, and then plus you do the thing with that uh, kid in Regina. So you you <laughs> you're like nice. connected to a, you're connected to a lot of different markets, aren't you? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, first of all, being back in San Jose has been um, great. Um, never should have left there in the first place. I'm so glad that they uh, they welcomed me back. I've done uh, radio uh, radio road games with Danny Rizanowski, um, who I started my broadcasting career with. I've done some TV with Randy. I've done uh, pre and post panel uh, in San Francisco. Um, I'm going to actually host the pre and post panel in the next get a couple of weeks because uh, Brody Brazil goes and does the Oakland A's. Um, doing the radio show back here in Saskatoon. You would think at my age I would be starting to think about retiring and slowing down, but. She's doing what we do, Reed. It beats working for a living. So it's been well, it's been great. It's been a really great year. I'm I'm just happy as can be. I'm I'm grateful to the Sharks that they've uh, welcomed me back home. Well, that's awesome. And I'm hoping you can fill me in a little bit here because I remember and, and Randy and Dan, first of all, are two of the nicest guys to deal with as well. Yeah. They'll always come Perfect on any people. show, anytime. And Randy is from Edmonton and used to work for CFRN, as it was yeah. known back in the day he's a great storyteller one day we he, he just came on and talked about his career it was unbelievable and one of the guys told me it's i can't remember which one said it but they said san jose i think it's actually bigger than san francisco and maybe even oakland but it, yeah. it but it doesn't have the yeah. teams like the other two cities have right it's the uh it's the i believe 
the third largest city in in um, in California. Um, it's Los Angeles, um, San Diego, then San Jose. But the Bay Area is the Bay Area. The Bay Area is, you know, it's it's shaped like a U. You've got San Francisco in the north. You've got San Jose in the south and, and the East Bay. You've got Oakland. So you've got um, it's shaped like a U. And so there's over there's over five six six million people in that in that area. Now San Francisco has. Of course, the Giants. Um, they now have the Warriors. The Warriors Stadium is just right behind um, uh, um, where the where the Giants play. You of course have the Oakland A's. You've got Stanford. You've got Cal. You've got the Niners. Uh, used to have the Raiders, but that was one of the things that, that the the ownership of the San Jose Sharks from just when we started to. Uh, to now have always wanted and always knew that they had to really push hard to have a competitive team because there's so much um, competition for your entertainment dollar in San Jose. Now, the last this will be the first time in the history of the team that they have missed the playoffs three years in a row. And it was the first two years we were with, you know, when, when I was assistant coach, we missed. We were a brand-new team. Made the made the playoffs the third year. We went for I think three more years. Made the playoffs and missed again. But we but we never the Sharks had never missed the playoffs three seasons in a row uh, until this now this 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 will be the third year. So when you look at that Bay Area scene, maybe this is not a fair this might not be a fair question to ask. But if I talk to somebody from Dallas, they'll say, "Look, it's Cowboys. If they're fourteen and right. two, it's Cowboys. If they're two and fourteen, it's Cowboys. And how are we going to fix them?" Um, maybe there's different identities with the cities there. I, I don't know, but is it still ultimately a blank town? Giants, Warriors, you know, whoever. Yeah, it, it used to be. Giants, it used to be Niners, Giants, A's, then the Warriors, because the Warriors weren't very good. Then the Warriors got really good, and the Warriors started winning. And as the Warriors, Niners, Giants, it's still the big boys. I mean, it's still it's still those guys. If you've got you've got such star power on the Niners, you've got major star power with Steph and the boys on the Warriors. And really, Reed, you know as well as I do, if you're winning. You'll be the you'll be the big team. The San Jose Sharks have always been the team in the South Bay, and were always kind of the sexy team because they had a lot of really terrific players from Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Patty Marlowe, Danny Boyle, Brent Burns, um, Evgeny Nabokov, Ricci. I mean, and those teams won. They won a lot of games. Never won the championship, but they were always in the hunt, right? So they were they were a team that was that was a nice little sexy team for the everybody who was in the South Bay and, and beyond. And we and we really grew the game in the in the Bay Area. Now that's changed because of these last three seasons and they're in that like every team, like Dallas has had to go through, uh, like um Colorado's had to go through those teams that win, you're gonna drop off and now you gotta try to get it back and, and the Oilers went through it too. So they're they're trying to get it back, they're trying to work, but really when you look at the when you look at the uh the Bay Area and the sports teams in the Bay Area. If you're the hot team and you're winning, Niners one of those teams, the Warriors one of those teams. They think the A's are going to be pretty good this year, and the Giants always seem to be a, a team that can contend, can contend. They're still the ones that uh, that the, the Bay Area is talking about. All right, so here's the, the big question I'm going to ask you about the Sharks. And I know you might mentally roll your eyes when I phrase it this bluntly, <laughs> but this is the question I had to answer from fans for both 
the first four or five yeah. years I was doing this job. How long before the Sharks are a decent team again? That's a great question. Uh, it's not. It's not a. It's not a roll your eyes question. That's a question we all talk about. How long until they can be a, a decent team again? Uh, I wish I had the answer for you, pal. I'm not trying to bail out on you, but w amongst the broadcasters, you know, broadcasters, we all sit around and discuss and how we, we'd fix the team. And of course, we we know all. And uh, and if they just put us in charge, boy, oh boy, they'd be a Stanley Cup contender, right? But when you when you look at it, there's some tough moves. There's there's some things that they that they've got to change. They've got an, an aging cast, and they're trying to to trying to bring some younger guys in. But your aging cast is Logan Couture, Brent Burns, Mark Edward Vlasic, Eric Carlson, and they have they they play their their rear ends off. I'll say this for this team: they work their tails off. And if you look at what they're doing, obviously Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle on a team that doesn't score very many goals, those are two guys that they want to build around. And they're going to start to. They've got some young guys that they like, and guys like Jonathan Dolan, um, and it's that's Alf Dolan's son. I, I was lucky enough to be assistant coach when, when Alfie played for, for the Sharks. Um, the, Mario Ferraro's a nice young kid to watch. He's got a lot of juice. They've got some good young defensemen. But they are a ways away. I mean, they're going to have to, they're really going to have to make some really key choices, really key draft choices. And they don't have a heck of a lot of cap room either. So it's going to be a ways yet before they get back to being the team that they were. And how do you do that? Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the other thing that the Sharks have been faced with this year, although um, they still were able to keep stay in contact, is Doug Wilson, general manager, the guy who's been general manager there for a long, long time. And, and you know Doug, too, and you've met Doug. He's a, he's a wonderful human being. He had to take some uh, a medical leave. And so Doug Jr., uh, Joe Will, and Tim Burke have kind of been the three-headed uh, top that, that have been trying to uh, get this team going in the right direction. They, they like a lot of things that they've seen, like the development of the young guys, but they know that they've still got some work to do before that team is that serious contender like they used to be. Well, and the biggest thing that's changed for me watching the Sharks, Drew, certainly during the McClellan years and then, you know, during DeBoer's first few seasons, they are just no longer, to me, and nothing against some of the guys that I'm not, Hopefully I'm not jinxing the orders or anything for tomorrow, but they are not a very busy team in the offensive zone. Like that shutout Skinner had, um, yep. credit to him, and he made four or five good saves, but there were there were no second chances and no sustained pressure from the Sharks in that game. And that's exactly what Bob Bugner, the head coach of the Sharks, has talked about almost all year, Reed. Uh, that's a good eye by you. They 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 don't extend the offensive zone time. They're not able to expand the zone and create that pressure. And Bob Bugner has been on it. They practice it. They work at it. And it's something that he's talked to the guys about and talked to the guys about. But sometimes, you know, you're just, you're, you're literally outmanned and out-talented. But that's exactly what Bob Bugner has been talking to the guys about, is being a, getting a team that can, extend their offensive zone time and it, almost every game which you when you watch them the the offensive zone time is certainly skewed in the favor of the opposition for the sharks something that again go ahead no i'll let you finish sorry i was going to say something again though that that is going to have to improve especially in an offensive driven league like it is now uh, in order for the sharks to move up the standings uh, next year and the years beyond Drew Remenda joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I want to touch on a couple other uh, teams here with you. Uh, you know Todd McClellan very well. 
and mm-hmm. uh, I got to know him, you know, great guy while he was here with the Edmonton Oilers, and I thought did pretty well coaching. Like, is is he a, is he going to win Coach of the Year now? Like, how is that L.A. team still doing that well? I mean, it was supposed to be Anaheim and San Jose were supposed to drop off after they started well. They did. The Kings might be playing better. They don't even have all their players. Well, yeah, when you look at what Todd has done, um, he should be – in consideration, um, he, well, anyway, he's also you know he's also got our good friend Trent Yanni there as well. He's also got Marcos Jerm. He's got Billy Ranford. But if if you look at that team and the guys that are out, and and this is no small matter. Drew Doughty, uh, Sean Walker, um, they've got um, oh god, I can't remember. Um, Athanasiu, Brendan Lemieux, Matt Roy, uh, Mikey Anderson's out. Blake Lazat's out. Those guys on a, on a thin team, I think Dustin Brown's still out too. Those guys on a thin team. This is not. This is a young team as well. Um, that's a that's key guys to have out. Drew Doughty, come on, think about it. He's one of the. He's still a minute muncher, and he's still a guy that. When since Todd got there, his game has just taken off again. So, what he's got them doing? Well, he's got goaltending, right? I mean, you, he's got good goaltending. You have to have that. But he's got his guys playing like Todd McClellan gets his guys to play. He, he, they play their tails off away from the puck. They check, check, check. Like one thing about what Daryl Sutter said about a month ago, and I thought it was brilliant, um, the game now is all about, it's not about playing defense or offense. It's about having the puck and then not having the puck and getting it back as quickly as possible. Because when you don't have the puck, you check to get it back. That leads to puck possession. Puck possession leads to scoring chances. And that's what Jay Woodcroft did when he came in. The number one domino he talked about. I talked to him. And, and I've known Jay for about 15 years now. And Jay said the number one domino they wanted to knock down. I know he used that, that phrase all the time with the guys and, and use it on the shows in Edmonton is we wanted to be better five on five. And that's from tracking back in the neutral zone to chip playing in your own zone to playing as quickly as possible to get out of your zone. As soon as you lose it, you check his, your tail off to get it back. And that's the key to playing and winning hockey nowadays in the National Hockey League. Watch the good teams. They don't stay without the puck very long because they bust their ass to get it back. So Todd has done that with that team, and that's why they are where they are. And he's, He should be considered for Coach of the Year, considering all he's had to deal with and all the adversity. Did you ever think Leon Dreisaitl would be a two-time 50-goal scorer if you go back to his no. draft year and first couple of years in the league? No. No. I, I thought he was a pouty baby, and he showed it in the same. I thought, his, I thought his body language was terrible. I thought he was a good player but I didn't think he was that guy. The one thing, though, there was one thing about him. There's two things about him. Number one, the pouty baby thing that I thought wasn't. What it was was he was really hard on himself. And you and I have talked about this before. He was really hard on himself because his father was a coach, father was a player, father was a coach, and nobody was harder on Leon Dreisaitl than Leon Dreisaitl. And he used, like, that negative thing would really weigh on him. That's what I thought when he, oh, he's just being a pouty guy. No, he was really disappointed if he wasn't the best player on the ice. And then when Connor came in for a while there, and I'm going to go back and credit Todd McClellan for this, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm crediting just for what he said to him. Leon has certainly done the work. Leon has made himself better. Leon has, has got championship habits, as Jay Woodcroft likes to say. Todd McClellan one day said to Leon, you know, you don't have to be the second best player on the ice every night when he was playing with Connor. Because remember how he used to always, you know, acquiesce to Connor, always let the pass to Connor. Everybody goes, why, why wouldn't you, right? 
because he's Connor. But he Todd mentioned that to to Leon one day, and all of a sudden Leon went, hmm. And then after that, Leon became that guy. They are they are. You know, you can argue about the best one-two punch in hockey, but it's a pretty short list uh, above them if, they, if there is anybody above 97 and 29. Yeah, I like how you put that. That's a good perspective on what you saw from Leon over the years. Uh, before I let you go, and I, look, you know I'm trolling you a little bit here, but you know I do that. <laughs> what, what do you talk about on Regina Radio? Like, how much time did you spend well, on the riders today? <laughs> first off, First off, it's it's to all of Saskatchewan, not just Regina. It's Regina and Saskatoon. All of oh, my apologies. Okay, so I'm, sorry. So I'm, a pretty, so I'm a pretty big deal. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, we spent very little time on uh, on the CFL. Um, we did talk about the fact that uh, um, the CFL and the CFLPA are negotiating and talking right now. We're big fans of Victor Quig with the Edmonton um, Elks because of, I'm a big fan because he's from mixed martial arts, but I, I hijacked the show for a while to talk about WrestleMania because it was awesome. This is perfect. Drew, if you want, you can stay on hold and listen, or you can stream the show. You got to know from being on the show uh, before Kellen Kennedy is my regular studio producer, and he's a huge wrestling guy and he's off today. So usually he provides the WrestleMania update. So we're going to take a quick break, and I said about half an hour ago, if people want to call in, they can do a 45-second summary of WrestleMania, and they get bonus points if they do it in character, and I believe there's at least two people on old ready to do it in character. You can't do it in 45 seconds. Can't do it in 45 seconds. That's my challenge to you. I can't do the whole show on (laughs) WrestleMania. I mean, I might do a show show on Def Leppard, but not on WrestleMania. Okay. First of all, thank you, and and we're going to do WrestleMania recaps. I'll see you soon. All right, pal. Talk to you later. All right. That's Drew Remenda from the Sharks broadcast booth. Love having him on the show. Okay. I didn't, I, this is one of those things. I had no idea if people were going to call tonight. I think we got at least two. Stay there. And we got in character WrestleMania recaps coming up next on Inside Sports. All right. Austin Matthews has his 52nd Leafs and Lightning tied 2 2 in the second period. Okay. We've never done this before. I don't know how it's going to go. Kellen Kennedy is not here tonight for his WrestleMania recap. So I have asked you collectively to give me uh, 45 seconds on WrestleMania bonus points if you can do it in character. Now, I didn't specify what type of character, so we're going to start this off. uh, 45 seconds for Barney. Barney, you're on the clock. Go ahead. Barney, uh, if you want, you can you can drop the character if you want. You no, no, I'm not dropping no character because I'm, I'm Barney. I mean, come on. Did you actually watch WrestleMania? Uh, well, yes. All right, that was pretty good, Barney. You're the you're the clubhouse leader. Hey, thank the... you very much. <laughs> did we did we lose the other person who had a recap, Brendan? Uh, yeah, the other the other one sounded like Barney, but it wasn't Barney. 
All right. Well, uh, Barty was pretty energetic. I don't think he mentioned any specific names. Did you hear any in there, Brennan? I heard I heard zero specific names, just people tripping on each other's feet. Just, there was just a lot of kicking and stepping on. I, I heard that he stepped on a part of the body that Barney couldn't mention. Probably the groin. Um, okay. Well, that was pretty good. That, I didn't know what to expect. So I guess in that case, it met my expectations. <laughs> uh, I looked it up. Roman Reigns won. I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody who taped it on VHS and is driving home. Like, I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I taped it. Well, that was Barney at 780-496-0063. We'll give Barney the canned ham, I guess, Brennan. By default, he gets the canned ham? I think so. By default, the nice canned ham. We will have that sent over by uh, drone, which will be pretty good. All right. Well, Kellen's back later in the week. We'll have to get his recap of WrestleMania. Do we have to? Are we out of time here for this hour? I think we are. All right. We got uh, a little bit on the U of A seasoning. Uh, the season's wrapping up over the weekend with uh, some exciting matches, but a little bit of disappointment along the way. Ian Reed, the athletic director, is coming up. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.